Today's program was brought to you by Visible Inc., a free-of-charge writing program for cancer patients at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. For more information, visit mskcc.org slash visibleinc. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Cynthia Cherish Malloran, Reverend DJ Cherish the Love, and you are listening to Primary Food on Heritage Radio Network. Before I forget, let me tell you how to reach out to me and get my attention on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at DJ Cherish the Love, that's love spelled L-U-V, and hashtag using Primary Food or Heritage underscore radio, or hashtag RevLove. Welcome to the third season of Primary Food. And what exactly is Primary Food? So I learned this really great concept in nutrition school at IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, that the food you eat, you know, the stuff we put in our mouths and chew and enjoy, we consider that secondary food. Primary food is everything else in life that nourishes us before we sit down and eat. And that's stuff like enjoying music, doing a radio show, reading a book, hanging out with friends, cooking food, a great job, creative expression, playing games, exercise, you know, all that good stuff. And I'm so glad I learned this concept because it was the high quality primary food that I kept in my life while going through chemotherapy last year that kept me happy and healing my cancer. So if you're listening or watching via Facebook Live right now, on my page, it's Cynthia Cherish Malloran. Hello, everyone on Facebook. And uh, those who are listening right now, you guys can call in. Our phone lines are open. Here's the number, 718-497-2128. And I'm going to repeat that again because I'm sure you did not have a pencil in your hand. And you do now. 718-497-2128. So today we have... Four incredible women on the show, including myself. Hello, hello. Hey. Uh, our our special guest today is, she's on the phone. Are you there, Laura? Yes, I'm here. All right. <laughs> our <laughs> guest via the phone. We have three women in the studio here. Uh, we're going to pick Laura's brain. Laura Vitali, host, uh, creator of Laura in the Kitchen, an interactive cooking show. Uh, that focuses on Italian cuisine, but viewers are very welcome to make requests. And you can check out her shows and all of her recipes on YouTube, Laura in the Kitchen. Um, and Laura is kind of kind of a big deal, and I'll tell you why in a sec. So let me just repeat the number again, 718-497-2128. And uh, just so everyone knows, Primary Food is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. So please help keep Heritage Radio Network alive by becoming a member today by going to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the little beating heart to donate. Do it now. Do it while you're listening. Do it at the end of the show. Just do it at some point, and I will love you forever. 
Okay, so this is exciting because we have Laura Vitali. Hello, hello again. Uh, so hello, hello. <laughs> Laura has an impressive, let me get this number right, on YouTube, 2,572,864 subscribers. Whoa. Wow. <clears throat> Not so shabby. <laughs> <laughs> and a total of... Have subscriber envy. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, a total of okay, listen to this number of views. Three hundred fifty-nine million three hundred fifty thousand three hundred forty views to your videos and your content. So clearly Laura Vitali, am I saying your name right? Vitali? Vitali? Yes, okay. Perfect. You're you are the queen. We we're applauding you right now. <laughs> yes. Yay. All right. So Thank you. I'm going to let you in on who is in the studio with us because we all want to pick your brain and talk about your cooking show and how you did it. We have with us Carrie Bean, who is building her music brand. Tell Hi. us about yourself. Hi. Hi. My name's Carrie, and I have a new album out called Alizone in the Quiet Room, and I had the pleasure of being on here last week where we talked about how my father distilled gin on a remote island. and talked a bit about the recipe and all about how he nurtured and healed himself and how that ties in with one of the uh, one of the singles on my new album. Hi, Laura. Nice to meet you. I'm here to hear how you've made it to such a large audience. I'm so impressed and I have subscriber envy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice to meet you. And then next to Carrie, we have Keisha. Yes. Tasty Keish. Yes. And, and, and that's not quiche like the food, which which I thought it was. That's why she's here. For a se- yeah, for a second. Oh, this, a I like quiche. My name is quiche. So I kind of, I don't know, I try to jam everything together and make it work. So Keisha, tell us about yeah. yourself and your branding and what you want to learn from today. Yes, uh, I'm the co-founder of Bonfire Radio. I also do TK in the AM because TK stands for, Tasty Quiche stands for TK. Yum, yum. Uh, morning show on Bonfire Radio. And... I am a, one of those self-made DIY branding people. Like, I'm always on Instagram. I'm, I, go, I go nuts. I kind of go ham. So I kind of want to learn from Laura, talk to Laura about uh, the balance, uh, uh, not going too nuts. You know, what do you do when you have, what, two, 200 gajillion thousand <laughs> patrillion, <laughs> patrillion <laughs> subs- subscribers and views? <laughs> and, like, how do you keep your sanity? Cause, and I know YouTube is one of those places that is... It's touch and go because, you know, like, I mean, food is is happy. I've seen Laura's videos. She's happy. So I know. But I know there's like one wild guy that's like, that's not how you make pizza. You know, like I need to know. I need more information. (laughs) That is great. So we're going to pick your brain about your sanity, Laura. Assuming you're sane. We're just assuming that. that. Yeah, we're assuming you're saying. (laughs) And and then, you know, of course, there's Eris. Eris, the chef who is next to Keisha, who is building her own food brand. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi. I'm doing great. Good, good. So I'm Eris. I go by Eris, the chef, and I'm a fellow chef, uh, obviously. (laughs) That's not just my my stage (laughs) name. not my name. And uh, I have a a line of uh, spice blends, all natural spice blends, uh, ATC spice blends, Aris the Chef spice blends. And uh, I'm working on building my brand and building a following and social media, YouTube videos. I do those, but like they kind of give me a little bit of anxiety. Like I just had uh, TK post <laughs> for me <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I literally just, posted her post. 
Yeah, she just, was... just for this show. So it's true. I'm all ears to hear everything that you have to say. Yeah, and you know, Laura has made it onto TV as well. Laura, you're on the Today Show occasionally as well in Cooking Channel. Yes. Well, I have um, I've had, I have my own I've had my own show on Cooking Channel. I've had so far I've had two seasons of my own show on Cooking Channel. Amazing. And then I'm also a regular on Today's Show, and I do lots of appearances through Food Network, um, Food Network Canada, Food Network US, Cooking Channel US, Cooking Channel Canada. So I'm kind of I'm a little bit all over the place. Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere. Well, it's perfect nice. because, you know, many people have told me, Cynthia, Cynthia, you need to make your own show. So I'm going to start today and, and start picking your brain about how to make my, sh- my own show, which is going to be called Workout and Pig Out. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like and and that. The, theme, the theme music is Workout and Pig Out and Workout <laughs> and Pig Out. And yes. you just imagine the visuals. <laughs> just, it's just life. So I want to know your story. And we all are so curious how you began. Obviously, you are a story of succeeding at being yourself. I've watched so many of your videos as well. And one of my favorite things is the consistency of things that you say, like, I don't know, if it's not, you know, fried, what's the point? And when you say, what's the point? (laughs) I just crack up so much. And it's inspiring to me to keep, you know, keep yourself and not change your language and so on. Where did you, how did you start? Tell us how it all began. Um, well, I was I was actually born and raised throughout my childhood in Italy. So I come from a very traditional Italian family, and I moved to the U.S. kind of abruptly when I was 12 years old with my dad. And so when I moved to the U.S., there was a drastic difference between how people live in Italy versus how people live here. In Italy, you know, family and t- togetherness and mealtime is the most important time of the day. And mm. it's what's celebrating the entire day, and you celebrate the next day, you know, by being together, sharing a meal, having laughs around the kitchen table. That's how I grew up, and uh, which is not uncommon. That's kind of how everybody grows up in Italy. <laughs> um, but the U.S., you know, when I moved here, my father worked full time. My stepmom worked full time, and there was just there was no time. Everybody was busy. Everyone had something going on. So everyone kind of that I was around turned to a life of convenience. It was takeout food, or it was something that you just throw in the microwave. And it was it was a huge culture shock to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved here, I I felt very homesick and. The funny thing is, when I was a little girl, I didn't want to be, I didn't, you know, I didn't envision myself doing anything cooking related as a career. I wanted to be a makeup artist. But when I came to the U.S. and I saw how food and turning to food that I ate as, you know, throughout my childhood really made me feel better, I kind of held on to that feeling and I thought, you know, this is a message I really want to spread. And if this is something I want to, I want to, this is something I really want to invest my time in. I want to do something with, with this passion that I have, which, you know, it's just about getting people into the kitchen again, no matter how busy you are. So that's kind of where my love of food came to play. It kind of just came from a place of sadness, if you will, because I was so homesick. And I knew how much, how much better it made me feel when I would cook. So I was hoping that that feeling that that was, you know, other people would feel the same way. So no. years later, I started working in my dad's restaurants and uh, kind of worked 
all over the place in the restaurants from prepping to running the front of the house to cooking, you name it, I did it. But then um, a few years later, my father ended up getting divorced and he ended up closing the restaurants. And I found myself once again kind of lost because food and cooking was all I had known for so many years. And that's when my husband had the idea because I kept telling my husband I want to have my own cooking show because every cooking show on TV, this was six years ago, was all about how to become a perfect chef. And I kept telling my husband, you know, the most important part of cooking is missing from these TV shows. They, you know, everyday people don't care about making a four-course meal on a Tuesday night. They just need a little <laughs> yep. pep. They just need a little – they just need to be told, hey, get in the kitchen. Go through your fridge. What do you have? Make what you have. You know, they need to yes. just be encouraged. That's all. And I kept saying that to my husband, and he kept saying, you know, you're not going to just knock on Food Network store and they're going to give you a, a cooking show. But – Mm-hmm. We can do it on our own. We can do it on our own. It'll be a digital-based cooking show. You can you can post what you want, when you want, and how you want it. And so that was an idea that came from my husband. I actually was not on board because I was so <laughs> nervous about what people would say. Because so, you know, one of the one of the things that's kind of a drawback with digital is that instant feedback. You know, if they don't yeah. like something, yeah. you know it right away. Yeah. There is no filter there is no um you know you just you read it right then and there if they don't like something so i was really nervous but mm-hmm. um one night and i will admit that one night after one too many glasses of wine <laughs> i agreed <laughs> um i agreed to give it a shot and that's that's where lar in the kitchen happened we sat at our kitchen table with a couple friends of ours we designed the website we talked about the content, and uh, we had built a kitchen studio for this. We had wow. built a studio specifically for a, a, a kitchen, you know, a cooking show. So we were ready to go. It was just about getting that courage to get in front of the camera because I had never been in front of a camera before. And that's wow. where it started. It was just kind <laughs> of like, years this ago? is an idea, and let's see if it would work. Just six years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's super inspiring for all of us. So six years from now, work out and pig out. <laughs> right. Could be like six, See, never know. 60 bazillion subscribers. Right. right. Actually, let's make that a plan. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, questions from inside the studio. Go for it. Um, I, I'll jump in. So, because you said like you built it from scratch. You did. Did your husband or did, did you guys find like the plans for building a kitchen, right. a studio kitchen <laughs> on YouTube? Because I go to YouTube for everything. So <laughs> where did you find the, the intel for that? Well, yeah, that's pretty fancy. My husband, yeah. uh, that's really funny. My husband <laughs> is an electrical engineer, so oh. he can dissect something and build something from scratch like you would not believe. Basically, the thing for us was it needs to be functional, like this kitchen set, which is why we built a kitchen, because our regular kitchen was small. It -hmm. didn't have the right lighting. It had way too many windows, which Mm -hmm. meant that we would be fighting. We would be fighting the light coming in from all angles. And Mm -hmm. since at the time we were so new, we didn't know what to do because this was just him and I. It wasn't like we had a crew come in. You know, we were just learning as we went. We wanted to build a kitchen that was really simple, that you kind of just stood there. There wasn't many places for me to go. There was no light coming in from all weird, strange angles. And um, most importantly, didn't take away from the message. I didn't want to have a kitchen that was this 
amazing marbled fancy mm-hmm. kitchen with two ovens. I wanted to build a kitchen that I felt like was in everyone's kitchen, yeah, was in everyone's yeah. home. It totally looks like it. it. I didn't know. I couldn't tell that that was a set. So what can we distill from that? Yeah. You start with something that's kind of like every, every, every person instead yeah. of too overwhelming. I mean, what was your first, what was your first dish, your first show? My first dish, I think it was um, bruschetta. I think that's what it was. And the reason why we chose it, so at the time as well, I didn't know what to post because I I didn't have an audience yet. See, for me, Lara in the Kitchen wasn't something that I stumbled upon. It was something that I, it was something that we planned. It was something that we designed from scratch, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that meant that I didn't have an audience. That meant that I didn't have people asking for things. So in the very beginning, I had no idea what to post. So honestly, what I did was I called my friends and family and I asked them to give me suggestions for what they would like to see, you know? So I had friends saying, well, I always ask you to make bruschetta because I don't know how to make it, so I would love to see a video of that. And then I had another friend saying, I love your molten chocolate lava cakes, but I don't know how to make them, and I would love to see a video on that. So I started taking suggestions from my actual friends and family, and that's when that's where I started to build my library. And then from that point on, once I had a few videos, then I was able to to get like people comment and asking for things, and that's kind of how I slowly started to build my library. Okay. Wow. And what was your social media like? So, and how did you get your your first, let's say, thousand views? Um, well, actually, the, the the funny thing is, it kind of happened very very quickly. So at the time. My very first video was how to make bruschetta, and there weren't very many videos out there for the recipe. In fact, the most popular video for that particular recipe was a video by a guy who was insisting that you use specific ingredients that were from Rome, from Italy. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, come on. No. Like, Ooh, how am I going to get that bread from Italy? So people would, I know, I feel like people would be able to relate to my video a little bit easier because I'm just using a loaf of bread from my local grocery store. Right. <laughs> I figure that's what other people have. So once that video came up, it the views just started kind of coming naturally all on their own. We didn't do any promotion. Really? We didn't do any advertising. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wow. So that's kind of how it started. It started to kind of on its own and very much instantly started to grab um, some attention. So that's, that's kind of how it started. And at the time, there was no Instagram. Uh, so it was just Facebook and Twitter. So Sounds we started like a, a Facebook page. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. There's too many things now. It, yeah. It's getting too complicated. It yeah. yeah. But um, it was just it was just Facebook and Twitter, so it was really easy. We started two pages and um and that was it and people just slowly started coming there. And um and that was a, actually Facebook and Instagram now as well are great places where I'm able to see people recreate my dishes and I'm able oh. to to talk to my viewers. And uh, I'm able to touch base with them and see, you know, and kind of see what they're recreating. And it's actually a really great, great tool to have. I like that, challenging the viewers. Laura, I want to know, yeah. uh, do you give your uh, your users or your followers, do you give them actual recipes? 
Because that's one thing I struggle with as a chef. When people ask me, like, oh, what, can you give me the recipe for that? And I'm like, yeah, red beans and rice, like (laughs) kidney beans, you know, (laughs) onion, garlic, and, like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, I struggle with recipes. I hate recipes. Like, I use recipes as, like ideas are like a guide like i look at a recipe like oh okay it's this 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 and this great and then take it from there so is that something that you do i do so for me so i host all of my videos through youtube Mm -hmm. but i also have a website so i have laura in the kitchen my website where all the recipes all the written recipes for each episode are on my website so that people can go and they can print it out and they can have it for whatever. Um, The the funny thing is when I first started Laura in the Kitchen, I was in the exact same position you're in where it's like I love to cook, but, you know, writing down a recipe is really, it's not as easy as one thinks because you have to be really precise because now you're giving people, you know, exact measurements for something and you don't want to mess up. Tell the people, and, Laura. Tell them. <laughs> tell them. Yeah, preach, Laura. The preach. Funny thing is, <laughs> yes. This is actually the, the funny thing about about that. When I started writing recipes, when you write recipes, you also have to write how many people it serves. So mm-hmm. I wasn't. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that you know this recipe I'm writing that it serves four people because it does serve four people. But, oh, my goodness, my husband and I polished the entire thing last night. So now it's like, it was like, oh, my goodness, I was learning. I was learning how to properly portion Portion things. And and by doing that, by learning to write recipes, I ended up actually losing 25 pounds. Wow. It was great. Wow. That's what the show is really about. Anything and everything. And uh, but I was learning portion sizes, which, you know, it was never a thing to me. To me, it's like add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that, you know, add some pasta, not realizing you're eating two portions of it. And mm-hmm. um, so writing recipe was something I had to teach myself. And, and it was very beneficial for a lot of reasons. Can I jump in here? Laura, I'm just curious, you know, was there a point at any time where you overwhelmed and realized that you needed assistance to keep mm-hmm. everything going as in? answering the people that were answering your YouTubes, uh, getting back to them about their, you know, usage of their res- your recipes. Was there a point where it was just like, oh, my God, this has grown too big too quickly and I'm, I'm drowning here? Did you ever feel that way at any point? Um, I don't, I, you know, the funny, it's funny. I've been doing this for six years and I still don't have a person that does that. I still do. I manage all of my social media myself. Wow. wow. Um, in 2012, in 2012, I'm I was ashamed. getting overwhelmed <laughs> with um, just, you know, business inquiries. And Hmm. on the business side of it, you know, I was getting very overwhelmed, especially since I am not, you know, this this was all new to me. So I wasn't sure how to negotiate a deal for, you know, Mm -hmm. for example. I didn't know how to do any of that. So I was getting very overwhelmed with the business side of it. And that's when my husband and I decided to bring on an agent. Um, And it's been one of the best decisions we've ever made because that's, that's where I struggled the most was kind of figuring out my worth and figuring out what kind of work I should be doing, how to, you know, get in touch with brands and how brands get in touch with me. So being able to have a point of contact that does all of that was the biggest thing for me. That's very interesting because uh, sometimes we think you get an agent when you're at the point where you feel like 
so much is coming in and you're in control, but actually it's when so much is coming in and you're not, you're not yeah. in control. Yeah. I, think it's, it, I think it's important to be honest with yourself. I was very honest with myself, and I said, listen, I said, I can cook. I can be in front of a camera. I can talk. You know, I can speak in front of thousands of people. You know, in person, I have no problem with any of that, but I do feel very overwhelmed and I feel very unsure of decisions I'm making on the business end because I don't know this business, you know, and um, you have to be very honest with yourself and you can't, you can't be scared or afraid or shy or embarrassed because it's the best thing for your business. It's the best thing for my career anyway, to be able to have everyone on board and everyone has a job to do and it's important that whoever has that job knows how to do it on the in, from the inside out if that makes sense Ooh, laura is speaking my life listen <laughs> the silence on i and laura is everybody nodding their heads like yes yes laura, yes yeah because here in the studio we're four women who are building our own independent thing and just you know the the daily work involved in it the social media, the creating the assets, the content, designing our artwork. You know, there's so much. Um, what a blessing to be at the point where, you're, where you need to hire professional help. Uh, is there, well, not that kind of professional help, like <laughs> pra- practical professional help. Yeah. <laughs> what other things did you learn, Laura, that would be great to implant into our minds that, you know, help your journey along? I think uh, one of the most important things for me with my business when it came to growing Laura in the Kitchen, you know, when I, up from 2010, which is when I started Laura in the Kitchen, to 20, almost 2013, I still worked a full-time job. Um, hmm. I worked a full-time job while doing Laura in the Kitchen, and so did my husband. And for nine months between 2011 and 2012, we uploaded a new video every day for nine months. Wow. And one of the things that, yeah. And one of the things that's really, really important, I think in any business, but particularly if you want to build an online following is consistency. Okay. I yeah. knew yeah. people, yeah. I knew people would, would find my recipes because people search for recipes all the time. Yep. Right. But people, but people stick around when they get attached to a person, a human being. So being able to build that library and have, you know, at that point I had hundreds and hundreds of videos that people could watch over and over again. People got to know me and therefore people stuck around because now it's like I'm their friend. They turn to me for recipe ideas. They turn to me, you know, we talk on, on social media all the time about, a baby shower event, mm. and if I could help them with a menu and things like that. What I learned is that consistency is probably consistency and authenticity is the are the two most important things when it comes to building a digital following, because people want to see you. They don't want to feel abandoned. They want they know they get to know you. They become attached to you, but also they become attached to a real person. So being authentic to who you are is pivotal in this business. And that's one of the things I think has allowed me to come this far because when you meet me in person, I'm absolutely no different than I am Mm -hmm. on camera. You know, I am who I am. I'm unapologetic about the fact that I love carbs. You know, I hate (laughs) in classes, but I do them anyway. You know, I'm a very real person. And 
And people have gotten to know me through the years because I've always been super consistent. I've always been very authentic. And if I can't post for a week because I'm sick, I'm more than happy to let you know I'm not going to play around and pretend all is well with the world because mm-hmm. I'm a real human being. And people gravitate towards that. Yes. They can relate to that. So if you're trying to build a digital brand, I cannot stress enough how important it is to be consistent. So no matter how tired you are, no matter what, you have got to keep that at the very top of your priority list. And I think this is like the end. That's like the antithesis, the positive antithesis to fake it till you make it. Yeah, because yep. pretty much like because that's like the mantra, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, OK, yeah. you want to be a star, then you have to look like a star and act like a star and star like a star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you pretty know, much. if you're sick, like you can't do it and you just tell the people you can't do it and they know and you uploaded one video a day for nine months like they got enough to go back to. <laughs> right. You know, it's cool. Exactly. Yeah, totally. I love exactly. it. Laura, what you said to us just now, I mean, clearly that's just gold. That's just pure gold. Yeah. But Speaking of gold, how do you monetize your new six oh, billion friends? Oh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> Get down well, to the nitty you know, gritty. You, um, so we work, when you work with YouTube, you work, you know, you become a partner. I think now, back when I started, you needed to wait to become a partner for a certain amount of time. But now, pretty much when you start, when you start a YouTube um profile, I think it is a YouTube channel, you are automatically a partner. Mm-hmm. And basically you work with AdSense. You work with AdSense. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways there's a lot of different ways that you can um, monetize your business. The most important thing, like I keep going back to, is consistency because that's gonna help you with views because views are very important. Without views you're not gonna get paid. And also Brands love to work with people who are consistent. I worked with brands for years, and one of the top things that they they have told me over the years is, you know, we are incredibly impressed with your dedication, and we want to partner. Yeah, you know, wow, so you um, so that's to me once you once you build a library of videos, and once you can get a really good um, traction with views then the money will follow, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, makes didn't, a, I didn't really make, I wasn't able to make a living until 2013 because I couldn't, I had to build a big enough brand so that I could quit my day job, if you will. So it wasn't something that happened overnight, but I wasn't willing to quit. I knew it was going to take a long time. I knew it was going to take a lot of work. I knew it was going to take a lot of consist- consistency, and I did. And three years later, it paid off, and my business has been booming ever since. That's, that's so beautiful. All of us here are on different levels or different, you know, pieces of the, you know, I guess the journey. We're on, like, yeah. different parts mm-hmm. of the path. And I just love everything you're saying because you're just reiterating for me that it, it takes time. You have to build it up. Yes. And, you yes. know, I'm sure you had setbacks, but I'm sure there were really celebratorious moments. Like, you know, what, how did you feel when you hit your first one million views your first of 300 something million <laughs> your very first million view like what, what did you think of that it was very like it was like a foreign concept to me I, I couldn't believe it i couldn't believe that many people watched me it was really crazy i thought to myself i i actually remember very vividly what i felt like because i remember saying to my husband and to my friends you know i will never be able to see that many people 
in my lifetime, in real life, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, mm. I was just completely blown away. I was completely blown away. And I just remember thinking, okay, great. One million, let's get to two million. It was such um, Hungry. an encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> it was so encouraging to me that I was able to achieve that. And then I was, I was at a point where it was like, okay, what can I do next? Let's get, let's go for that second million, you know? So it was, it was very encouraging. It was very empowering as a woman to be mm-hmm. able to put myself out there, especially on the internet where anything and everything goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very empowered by that. So that's it's just kind of like a, a, you know, a pep in my step. I knew I was going to, I knew I wanted to do more. I knew I wanted to do bigger things and uh, I wasn't going to stop until I got there. And I don't even know where that end where that end is. I mean, I have, I have no end. Everyone keeps asking like, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep on going because I don't have, I don't have an end game. I'm just going to keep on going. How did you handle feedback, positive and negative? (laughs) Well, you know, in the very beginning, when I very first started, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. But luckily for me, it was I don't think I got anything negative until months and months and months into it. And it comes to a point where, I mean, you hear people, I mean, now I have such a large audience that you kind of hear something every, you know, every few days, somebody says, you suck, or it doesn't look good, or you use the wrong thing. And, you know, I think it's important to remember that it's one out of thousands and thousands of people yeah. who is going to say something negative. And it's also important to remember that that person would never have the guts to say it to, to you in yep. real life, right. you know, right. You're hiding behind a keyboard. And truly that doesn't bother me because I, in real life, I surround myself with positive people, with happy people. Life is very short and that's what I choose to focus on in my life. And I choose to do the same thing when it comes to my brand and when it comes to my followers online. If you're going to say something nasty and rude, I would rather just delete you and reply to the nice people who are taking time out of their day to be encouraging and nice and kind and because those are the people who deserve attention. So you're going to get those people. You're going to get some negative feedback, but don't let it stop you. Let it push you through and just get it out of the way. Just block and delete, which is a great tool on YouTube, you know, (laughs) and just keep it moving. I love that. Keep it moving. Block and delete. Keep it moving. Block and delete. Yeah. Keisha, have you experienced a lot of feedback that's just like stressful or um well because we talk about current events so mm-hmm. you know it Politics can, yeah that can that can do it um i i do all the things that laura said and also when it's with current events and stuff you have to be ready with your rebuttal and you have to be ready to bury them in facts so i will mm-hmm. i'm from I, totally my ma- yeah. my mantra is totally. i'm from brooklyn and i deal in facts yeah. so, so you totally. have to be ready like and i could imagine you're cooking something and you're like look i'm putting this ricotta <laughs> cheese in there and and damn it yeah. that's it like this right. is what i do like you, so i imagine you're burying them in like cooking facts every day <laughs> Well, you know, I don't. The funny thing is, I don't really, I don't really entertain people who are you yeah. know, ignorant or rude. But, but if someone, if someone um, comes for me, let's say, yes, um, girl. Are you from Sicily, Laura? 
Italian, so you know the hot-blooded Italian attitude. But if someone if someone wants to challenge me on something, you know, I'm not an expert on everyone. I'm an expert on myself, mm -hmm. and, my, and I'm an expert on what I do. Right. So someone this morning said. Um, they tweeted me and they said, you know, I don't like how she said, I, I don't like how Laura says you need corn syrup to make marshmallows. And I just replied with a fact. My recipe, I've tested it dozens of times and without it, it doesn't work. Hmm, there it Therefore, is. Or you do need it. Period. This okay. is why I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to reply with a fact. Like, the fact, fact. is, you suck. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, you need, if you're going to reply, fact. if you're going to reply, you reply with facts. Right. But most of the time, if someone just wants to say something ignorant, it's not. it just isn't yeah. worth my time to even reply. Right. Yeah. It just isn't. You just scroll right past it. It just isn't. Awesome. I love that. How, how do you work with the audience when they do give you some feedback or they have requests or they say, can you, can you do this on the next show? How, how do you Well, interact? that's something I've actually started doing when I first started Laurie in the Kitchen. You know, if I use uh, wine, for example, or some sort of liquor, for example, in a recipe, I didn't realize this at the time but when I first started. There's a lot of people that don't prefer to use alcohol in cooking for whatever reason. Um, they don't prefer to use it. So, you know, it was something that was brought to my attention by my viewers that were saying, hey, can you give us alternatives? So now, anytime I use alcohol, I'm always willing and able to give alternatives because it comes from a good place. You know, it comes mm -hmm. from people saying, hey, I can't use it for whatever reason. Can you help me? And I am more than happy to help. You know, if I'm using, if I'm using pork, but I think the same recipe does uh, would do great for chicken. I'm more than happy to help you. And I'm very open with my audience through social media. I talk to them constantly through Twitter and, um, you know, Instagram and whatnot. And they ask me questions, and I'm happy to reply and help them out because that's what I'm here for. Because this is not – it shouldn't be a one-way street. This is a conversation. You know, they, they watch you – they watch me every day. And mm -hmm. I feel like being able to give them that time to reply and to help them with something makes them feel like you are hearing them and you are paying attention to them like they're paying attention to me. And Laura, often across mm -hmm. the board with all of our different branding, you're asked, you know, is there a highlight? Was there that one special moment that you can recall in your career where it really struck you that you were just in a great high place? Do you have any specific show or moment or Yahoo or Epiphany where you were just like, this is it, I've done it, this is the most magical moment in what I've been working towards. Can you recall anything like that? Oh, yes. So uh, back in 2012, in, the, in August of 2012, I was on a plane going to, um, to Los Angeles for work. And I just so happened to check my emails on the plane. And there was an email from someone at Entertainment Weekly which um, Entertainment Weekly is a magazine, and in the magazine it comes. They have a must list, which is you know all the hottest and trendiest things are on that must list. And um, they asked me if I, you know if they could put me on it, and I thought wow. it was crazy because I read that must list all the time, and it's usually like very powerful people. And um, they asked me if they could put me on the must list, and I said sure. I wasn't sure what they were going to write, but I really, you know, I, I trusted that it was going to be fine. And uh, a few, maybe a week later, the magazine came out, and there I was, number seven on the must list. And they wrote, they wrote a little blurb, and underneath that blurb, they wrote, 
hey, Food Network, I think we found your next star. Oh, and a week wow. after that, wow. and a week after that, I had my very first meeting at Food Network, and we've had a relationship ever since. Wow, that's a oh, great wow. story. Thank you. That's wow. gorgeous. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Who, was, who was number six and who was number eight? <laughs> I can't remember. Exactly. It doesn't matter. That's the answer. And that's a fact. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, toss Laura more questions and talk about where she's at, because she's got a surprise happening any minute now, right? We're gonna, and a few months. Yeah, in a few months. Okay, we're going to take a little break. of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their... Cancer diagnosis can leave you feeling anxious, depressed, and vulnerable. Visible Inc., a writing program at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, offers patients the chance to work on a writing project of their choice with individual support from an experienced writing mentor. Our goal is to reduce stress and give voice to your story, poem, blog, or memoir. Visible Inc. publishes an annual anthology of works by participants and stages a live performance of selected writing featuring Broadway entertainers. The program is free of charge to Memorial Sloan Kettering patients and is fully supported through grants and donations. If you're a Memorial Sloan Kettering patient, a potential volunteer, mentor, or someone who would like to support Visible Inc., please visit our website at mskcc.org slash visibleinc. And we're back. This is Cynthia Cherish Malloran, Reverend DJ Cherish the Love, and you're listening to Primary Food with our guest Laura Vitali, YouTube sensation and cooking channel host, Caribbean Caribbean. I said that way fast. Caribbean. Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean singer songwriter. Keisha, Tasty Keisha from TKM yeah. AM, and Chef Eris Johnson from ATC Spices. Um, Laura, are you still there, right? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, great. Um this has been so great, and we have so many questions to ask you and still want to hear more about what's going on with you that I just got gifted another 15 minutes on air. Yay. So we're going to seven. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that is not a sound effect. That's a real audience. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. is, there are 16 bazillion and you know, people in here. that's a fact. And that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> now, Laura, you are working from home right now. You are expecting, right? Yeah. Yay, congrats. How is, how is it working, you know, doing this workload and uh, with a baby on the way? You know, I, I really, really, really love what I do. So it's sometimes, to be very honest with you, most of the time it doesn't even feel like work. I, I'm truly kind of in my zone, and most of my time is spent in the kitchen developing recipes and writing recipes. So... I've been doing a lot of that lately, and my work schedule hasn't really changed a whole lot. 
the only thing that I changed is at this point, um, I'm not traveling by air as much because, you know, mm. flying has just, you know, it's exhausting after a while. And plus, I don't want to get any, you know, sickness, no mm -hmm. germs, nothing. So uh, yeah, that's really you. the only thing that's, that's changed. And I'm six and a half months pregnant right now. So I'm sure um, we're planning right now. We're planning and, and filming to really have a lot of content ready to go while I'm on maternity leave because, you know, I can't stop uploading for three months. You know yeah, what I mean? I right, can't right. just disappear. So my job right now has been con just consumed with creating content that will cover me through my maternity leave. So that's what I've been doing a lot, and um, it's been great. I mean, I, I never have to suck in my stomach anymore. <laughs> I can eat what I want. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's great. It's, it's been fantastic, actually. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you guys have any technical questions for Laura? I wanted to backtrack a bit, and I wanted to ask you about uh, the time, that three-year period while you were working a full-time job. Were you working a full-time mm -hmm. job in the food industry? Or was no, it something else? No, I wasn't. Um, no, I was working for my husband's family company. So my husband and his family, they own a very large wholesale cactus and succulent nursery. Okay. And, um, yeah, and, you know, they we service, we, we do the succulents and stuff for places like Whole Foods. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a pretty big operation. So I was working um, as an administrative assistant with for them for years, for three years. So... Mm -hmm. Actually, longer than that. I think from 2008 to the beginning of 2013, um, that was that's what I did, and I did that full time. And sometimes in the summers, I would be in work at 6 a.m. and I wouldn't come home until 5 p.m. And then you come home, you shower, you get ready, you film, and you don't go to bed till 12 o'clock at night. But oh. we did that, and then we would take advantage of the weekends, and we would film multiple episodes. Um, throughout a weekend to have so that, you know, there were some nights during the week where we actually want to be human beings and go to bed at a regular time. Right. Um, so we kind of just try to make up for, we try to make as many recipes, as many videos during the weekend, and then what we couldn't, we would just do during the week after work. And I have one more question, sorry. About how long sure. would it take you during that time, during the beginning stages, like to film uh, one video for one recipe or one segment, well, that one YouTube segment? Well, it's just exactly the same now. So basically it takes however long a recipe takes to cook, mm -hmm. that's how long a, re a video takes to make. Mm -hmm. So if it's like a really quick stir fry, that can take 25 minutes. Plus, you know, set up and, and tear down can take an additional 30 minutes or maybe an hour. Okay. If it's something like um, if it's something like cinnamon rolls, that's probably a four-hour lengthy process because right. you have to wait for the dough to rise mm -hmm. and all that. So. It varies depending on the recipe, and and everything that you see on Laura in the Kitchen truly is what I'm making at that very moment. Mm -hmm. So there is no there is no kitchen crew in the background with something ready. It's just, right. Yeah. You just wait. Yeah. Right. Uh, what are your favorite videos, Laura? What are the ones that we should check out above all? Oh, goodness. I'm trying to think. Which ones should you check out above all? Oh, gosh. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my very favorite, favorite videos was when I went back to Italy in 2012 and cooked with my grandma in, in my childhood mm. kitchen. Mm. That was the very first video her and I ever did together. And we made gnocchi. 
Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because gnocchi is the very first dish I ever remember cooking as a child. And I remember cooking it with her oh. in her kitchen. So for a couple of years, people kept saying, like, show us a gnocchi recipe. And I just kept saying, no, not until <laughs> I go to Italy. Yeah. Not until I go to Italy and I can make them with her in the kitchen that I learned to make them in. So... I would say that that's probably my very favorite video of all time, just that's because beautiful. it has sentimental value to me. Nice. I'm going to watch that tonight, Laura. <laughs> that's really beautiful. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love the, I love the you know, connection to your past and stuff and, and putting it all on screen and sharing it with everyone. Those are, those are my favorite pieces as well. Now, where do you envision yourself going from this point on, aside from just growing and growing and growing? Do you have books in the works publishing? or I have lots of wonderful ideas for what's to come, you know, mm-hmm. when and how they, you know, when and if they'll come to fruition. I'm not sure, but I'm not going to stop until they do. So, you know, obviously with the new baby coming, I'm more excited than ever to just kind of cook, you know, cook from scratch to show people what it's like to cook for a baby because I plan on cooking for her everything Mm. and anything she eats. So I want to be able to share that with people. I want to be able to create, I want to be able to create more of a lifestyle brand because now I'm at a point where people know me for food, but through social media, they want to get to know different parts of me. They want to get to know, you know, where, you know, I don't know, my home and, you know, where I shop and things like that. So I would really like to focus on growing my brand in sort of the lifestyle category a bit more. So that's something that we've been we've been thinking about. And like I said, and, and with the baby, I think that's definitely going to be an organic way to do it because, you know, I'm not just a cook, I'm a mom, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that come with that. So I'm really... The thing I'm most excited about is just kind of expanding my brand into more lifestyle than just food. And I love to do another cookbook if possible. Um, I love to do a different show for Cooking Channel, so hopefully that will happen. Um, I think there is there is some ideas. There are some ideas floating around about doing something a little different and something maybe a little bit bigger. So, um, yeah, I I just think expanding my business into lifestyle more is what I'm most excited about. And it sounds like you are just like us, uh, you know, a person with tons of creative ideas popping left and right. How do you manage them, like in an Excel doc, (laughs) (laughs) a notepad? Because that's a real, you know, I have many lists. I have so many email drafts to myself. How do you do it, Laura? I'm completely... I am completely just terrible when it comes to um, technology. So I use Google Docs for everything, and that's how I jot my ideas down. Okay, good. I feel like I'm on the right track, too. Having to work with Excel was just way too frustrating for me, and I almost broke my laptop in frustration. So I just went back to my Google Docs, and I just stick with that, and that's what works for me. I have a question about this husband of yours. Um, sure. You, you guys. That sounded really, really. I need like, to know. No. Uh, like, first of all, where did you find him? Because it sounds like you guys are super happy. And do you get sick of each other? Because you work together. You do the show together. You worked at your regular job before this with him. Like, right. when does it end? Yeah. When does, when do you, um, do you guys, are you guys super intertwined? Is there like a start end to each of you? 
Well, he, uh, well, him and I met at my dad's restaurant. So he was, he, he's an electrical engineer. So he was working across the street from where I worked. And that's how we met. And when we started working together, you know, the, the most important thing in my life is my, my relationship with my husband. Like mm. My marriage comes first. Mm. And if my business were to get in the way of that, my business would have to take a step back because yeah. my marriage is most important. And it's about respect. Him and I just respect each other. I respect his role. He respects mine. We don't cross each other's boundaries. And um, he's, you know, him and I actually aren't together all day, every day, because I don't think I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, we work together. I would say, I would say it's safe to it's safe to say that two full days a week, I would say two, maybe two and a half days a week, he, him and I work together closely. You know, we film, we edit, we do all that stuff. And then the rest of the time, he's working for his family business, and I work on my stuff, you know? Okay. That's totally uh, doable. So we, we, do have, we do have time apart. But, you know, it's about, like I said, it's about respect. Yeah. I respect his time. I respect what he does. I'm not going to nag. I'm not going to, you know bark at him for something and right now we're at a point where we've been doing this for so long it's like a core it's like it's like a beautiful dance yeah. you know mm -hmm. we both have our steps and um and it's really nice when you work with someone that you know has your very best interest at heart that's you will be so at peace knowing that and it doesn't have to be your spouse i'm not mm -hmm. saying you have to be with yeah. a spouse to do that mm -hmm. you just whoever you're working that closely with because he's my manager so he does a lot of my business deals he handles a lot of things from day to day you have to be able to trust someone yeah. fully a hundred percent because your business depends on it and i trust him more than anyone so it takes a lot of stress away for me i'm sure it's not fun for him a lot of times with what he has to deal with but hey he signed it's up part for of the job, job. You know? right. so, Good job. Um, awesome thank you, you know, that's we, wonderful you're welcome. I've learned welcome. so much personally. I, I've taken away from this the concept of the wild concept of consistency. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I am so, I'm incredibly, incredibly blessed to be able to do what I do and to work with wonderful brands and companies. It, I recently did a partnership with Red Gold, and it's probably to date one of my favorite, probably my favorite partnership I've ever done because it has such deep meaning um, mm. and and I, it's just I'm very grateful for that and, and Red Gold when they came to me with the opportunity to help feed millions of people in America it was a no-brainer mm. and I feel like you know I have the power to bring attention to very important causes like hunger through yes. amazing brands and that's the best part of my job yeah that's beautiful. So in the last few minutes, let's go around and around the studio and see what we picked up from Laura today. Um, I'll start. Eris. <laughs> this is Eris. Um, <laughs> you know, just the, the idea of consistency. I mean, it's so simple, but it's such a difficult... I won't say it's difficult. It's doable. You just have to focus and do it. But it's, it's such a simple concept. You would think it would be easy for everybody to do but uh i'll definitely be more mindful of that yeah and i'm just happy uh to have been able to speak with you you seem like such a wonderful person and thank you oh, so thank much you. i really love your spirit a lot 
Thank so, you. Good Thank luck you so with much. everything. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, this is TK, and I jotted down what you, you know, I, I quoted you. Girl, I'm going to put it on Twitter later. <laughs> yeah. You said, I'm not an expert on ev- everyone. I'm an expert on myself. And, it, mm-hmm. yeah, that I think that's my takeaway. Um, I'm a I'm a, a disciple, a consistency disciple. Yeah. So, uh, yep, I, I am with you on that. Um, also, I appreciate... Uh, I watch your, some of your videos, and I appreciate the instead of making a four course meal, you just made a thing. You know, like yeah. I don't, you didn't like just pull out a chicken and say, "Oh, I gotta go over there and get the mashed potatoes." You just right. made some potatoes. Thank you for that. I really, exactly. really appreciated exactly. that. Thank you. I like that. I'm, You're welcome. I'm not going to repeat everything about the consistency and the authenticity because it's just something you take home with you and go, "Oh my goodness, it was phenomenal." to hear that today yeah for me right now that this touching point where you talk about red gold and you say that you got to a place in your career where you were able to reach out to millions of people to help millions more and i think so many of us would um aspire with whatever we're doing whether it's cooking or music or painting or whatever it is when you get that gratification that you know that it got so big that you were able to help millions of people through something that started off as just a, you know a tiny little thing that's that's a phenomenal achievement yeah. and i think all of us would aspire to know that we could help further wider somehow so that's amazing thank yeah, you thank you and and it's it's amazing because i i'm not doing anything that no one else can i'm just being myself and i just have you know, I have the guts to put myself out there, and that's the only difference. And I am stubborn. I won't take no for an answer. And it, it like I said, it took a long time to to build my brand to what it is. And the most the most difficult part was not to be discouraged when other people were growing and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I go back to that consistency. I just kind of had to tell myself every day, Rome was not built in a day. You have to keep going. You absolutely have to keep going because there is no magic recipe. No one's going to wave a wand and make give me a million subscribers. I have to work for them. And the great thing about that, when you work hard for them, they stick around. They are the reason why my, my TV shows have been so successful. Mm. They are the reason why my my book was so successful. They're the reason why I'm on appearance after appearance after appearance because I, I was able to, to build that audience organically and authentically, and they want to be there to watch me grow. They're not going to go anywhere. You know, they, they're sticking around, and I think that's really important. You're building quality. Um, you're building a quality brand, a quality community versus quantity. So if you build fast, they're all going to go eventually. Yeah. But if you build little by little, you're building mm. – it's kind of like building a family, you know, they're going to stick around and they're going to, they're going to get attached to you and they want to see you grow as a person. And, and now they're going to see me grow as a mom. And that's so exciting. It's mm. exciting for them and it's exciting for me. Um, so just not being discouraged and just keep going until there is no limit. There yeah. absolutely is no limit. That's just so keep beautiful. going and don't be discouraged. I'm tingling. Laura, tell us we can do it. <laughs> Tell yeah, us we can do it. We need, we, we need your blessing. You can absolutely do it. And as a woman, you are empowered in so many ways you don't even know. 
You yes. just got to go for it. Yes. Ah. You should look into becoming an evangelist, Laura. <laughs> that was the gospel. Evangelist chef mom. Yes. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. And for everyone who is listening and the Facebook Live experiment, don't know if that went through okay or not. But it's always a learning process. Any final words, Laura, before we sign off? I said just go for it. That's just go, just go for it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and you guys, any final thoughts? No. No. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> complete yeah. here. That's me, too. <laughs> yeah, thank well, you. Well, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Primary Food, and Primary Food is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. Help keep HRN, Heritage Radio Network, alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Do it now. And please come back next week for Primary Food. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.